Good morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart and our Heavenly Father wants His kids to ask Him to bless them. I want you to know that today. Do you ever feel guilty asking for God's favor, like you don't deserve it, that I've screwed up so many times that it would be good enough if I just prayed, God, would you help me? That's all I want you to do. God, help me. I don't know about that whole bless me, God. I don't feel worthy to be blessed. Just help me. I struggle with that. And I think many of you do as well. But listen, God wants to bless you, to give you success. That's what he did for a teenager who was ripped away from his family, sold into slavery. I'm sure Joseph struggled with the lies of the enemy that I'm a person without a hopeful future. Look at my life. My life is done before I reach the age 20. And there might be a teenager here this morning or someone in their early 20s You've made mistakes. You've done things that you're ashamed of. You feel like you're a failure. And the enemy would whisper into your ear, God will never bless me. I hope he helps me. But I don't think he has a future in store for me. It's a lie. God wants to pour out his blessings on you. That's the truth. Joseph was weighed down by the sorrow of his past and the dreariness of the present. The enemy surely was trying to get into his head. Maybe he was thinking thoughts like this. I wish they would have killed me. That's what they were planning to do. My life would have been better off if that's what they would have done. But he didn't allow, allow those thoughts to germinate and poison his thinking. Joseph was in a fog, surrounded by a mist wherever he went. But it was a good fog. He was in a fog, yeah, no doubt about it. But it was the right kind of fog. Genesis 37 7, verse 36, this chapter ends this way. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Potiphar's officials, the captain of the guard. Genesis 39, verses 1 through 6. You guys can help me with that screen. It reads this way, there it is. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him. He's a, he's a slave. From the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph. Underline that in your Bibles. All right? So that he what? Say it. He prospered. Can we say that word? Yeah, it's in the Bible. It's all right. 
He prospered. He lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in what? Everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted him because he was a good steward. He was a good employee here. He was trustworthy. And Potiphar would say, he's the best guy that I have. I don't know what I'd do without him. He entrusted to his care everything he owned from the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned. The Lord blessed who? The household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. What kind of fog was Joseph in? It surrounded him in such a way that Potiphar could sense it, right? We just read it. Potiphar could see it, and he himself was blessed by it. You know what the fog is? Some of you can help me with this. You figured it out. That's why. Favor of God. That was the fog that he was in. Joseph can have it, so can we. Later in the chapter, the devil tried to, to, to get Joseph to give in to the smog. Do you remember that part of the story? He was seduced relentlessly by Potiphar's wife to go to bed with him. That's in the story as well. We'll, we'll get into some of those things next week. I call it not obviously fog, but smog. I was sitting, drinking coffee with Deanna, and we talked about this fog, favor of God. (laughs) How about smog? What would that be? Satan's, what's M? Yeah, see, I forgot it already. Satan's mirage of goodies. Mirage, or smog. That's what the devil does. Smog leads only to death. The dying of a heart fully alive to God. That's what Potiphar had. But the devil's temptations, it's like breathing in the smog. Toxic fumes. We'll talk about that next week. But I want to talk about the fog this week. Do you want to live in the fog the pure, life-giving atmosphere of the Spirit where you experience God's favor? I do. The pure, life-giving atmosphere of the Spirit, not the smog that chokes out the life of God in you, but the favor of God like Joseph 
be that in, in a pit, in a palace, in a prison. I, Joseph ended, well, this was part one, part two, because of his purity, falsely accused. Where does he end up? In prison. But something never changes. Be that in a pit, in a palace. Now, in a prison, Joseph's master took him, put him in a prison. He was there a long time, by the way. It was a long season. I think 13 years, something like that. Do you think that he had to battle the smog to give in? The place where the king's prisoners were confined, but while Joseph was where? In prison. The Lord was with him, he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those in the prison. He was made responsible for all that was done there. He was what? He was being blessed. He was experiencing the favor of God. Verse 23, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him Success in whatever he did. Go back to your scriptures this week. Look again how, how God blessed and prospered Joseph. It's amazing. Underline how many times it says God was with Joseph and God prospered Joseph. Verse 2. The presence of God was so obvious on Joseph's life, life that, again, even his Egyptian master somehow knew, quote, that the Lord was with him. Verse 3. The tangible presence of God in Joseph's life caused him to have favor with his master. Think about that for a moment. Whatever Joseph did, whatever he put his hand to, God prospered it. Even the labor that he did as a slave, the Lord caused the house of his master to prosper. Prosper just for Joseph's sake. I'm sure Potiphar had those moments where he would think, my house is going down the tank. I would rather put my wife in prison and bring Joseph back here. The story doesn't say that. <laughs> but I gotta believe that's what he that's what Potiphar was thinking. What I want that, whatever he had, I want that back. Now the warden's got it. And later on, the king of Egypt gets it. Hold on now, okay, some of you might be saying, I know where this is, or time out. Slow down, preacher. 
I'm getting nervous now. All this talk about what? Prospering. Are you preaching some kind of prosperity gospel? You might be, some of you might be going, wow, wait a second. He's sure talking a lot about that prosperity and blessing. Not if you mean you'll get everything you ask for and we'll never have any problems and live a stress-free, carefree life. That's not what I'm advocating because it's not in the Bible. No character had a life like that. Every character where the, the Christ, where the character of Christ was formed in their heart didn't have stress-free, pain-free living. No, they went through strife struggle and trial and pits and prisons. But if the Bible uses a word, then I'm going to use the word in its proper context. Don't be afraid. We're not given to extremes. I want to prosper in my life. I want to experience the blessings of God in my life, in my relationship with my wife. I want God to pour out his blessings in this relationship. In the relationships with my kids, that there would be open communication. In the ministry that the Lord's called me to, I'm going to pray, Lord, help me, because that's one of my favorite prayers. But even this week, because I love that prayer, I'm always crying out to the Lord, help me, God, please help me. It's like, okay, that's in, this, in my heart, in my spirit. It's like, keep praying that prayer. But I want you to add something to that prayer. Whenever you pray that prayer, help me. I want you to follow it up with this. Bless me. Bless me. It's in the Bible. The word prosper is a biblical word. It's not a bad word. Why would I be bothered to know that God wants me to prosper? That a good and loving God wants my marriage to prosper. Wants me to prosper where I work, where you work. Do not look at the excesses of some and back away from what the Bible says is true. He wants you to succeed. We just read about it. That's the Old Testament. Can you back it up in the New Testament? Yeah. 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may what? Prosper in all things and be in health. Just as inside your what? Soul. That's probably the most important place where we prosper is right inside our soul. And, and I'm going to share with you an illustration how that happened in my life. So what does the word prosper mean? Just a quick word study. In the Strong's Concordance, if you look up the number, 
And it's kind of fun. You do that. It's old school, I know. You look up, you find, you find the Hebrew word prosper. You find the Greek word in the New Testament prosper. You look it up, and there's, there's a number. And then you, you see the definition of the word. The Hebrew word for prospering means to push forward, all right? To make progress. The Greek word for prospering means to come alongside and help someone on the road. So when you combine those two words, one way you prosper is that you help others along in the road. You prosper them when you help push them forward. You help them get along, farther along. How would you like to have God? I mean, the, the wind of the Spirit Get behind you and just push you forward. Come on now. I, you know, I'm looking around. It's like, it's like I'm looking, looking, I'm looking. Who, who wants that? Who, who's saying, yeah, you, I'll take that? Or will we say, no, just help me. Help me and bless me, Lord. Be the wind behind my back. Push me forward that I would have success, not for my own purposes, not for my own desires, but to be a blessing to others, to get alongside them, get behind them, help push them forward, help them be a success. That's Pastor Joel's favorite word. I'm like, okay, I think, I think he's on to something. How can I help you be successful. It's like, well, man, you could sound a little more spiritual, Joel, than that. It's like, it's there. He's not saying, well, how can I, you know, get you in a place where you get a million dollars? It's not what he means. It's like, what are, what's God's purposes for you? Man, I'd love to have God push me forward in my relationships, at home, my family, at work, at school. Or in the pit. Do you think Joseph was any less successful in the pit, in prison, than he was in the palace? We have to be careful that we don't redefine what it means to prosper using our own idea of what that means. Because Joseph was every bit prospering and successful there in those dark places than he was in the light places. I need God to push me in the pit. Because if I'm in the pit, and I listen to the devil's lies, that's where I'm going to stay. But then God just keeps pushing you forward. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I'm not saying God's going to make you rich and that you'll never be sick and that your life is going to be great. Pits are real. 
There are times when we do feel like we're in a prison, but God can prosper us in those places like he did with Joseph. And his favor and blessing can push us out. So I'm going to leave you with two thoughts. Two keys to prospering. I told you one already. Told you one. The presence of the Lord. It's Joseph. The verses are right there. Read them again. Verse 2, verse 3, verse 20, verse 21, verse 23. Dr. Gary Benedict, former president of the Alliance, every once in a while he would make up a word. Like pneumophobia. He, Joel and I were talking about that. He, it's like, what's that? Fear of the Spirit. He, he wrote a... He, he, he would write these letters to, to the pastors. And he, he, he made up this word. Well, he said, don't be afraid of the Spirit. Embrace the person and the work of the Spirit. Another word. Blessable. Is that a word? It, it may be a word, blessable. But... We don't use it very often in our conversations. At least I never did. Blessable. Sounds like, this sounds like something my mom would say. <laughs> say, Mom, you don't always get the words right, but I understand what you mean, blessable. She would say, be blessed. He would say to us, Pastors, are you blessable? I exhort you to get yourself into a place where you can be blessed by God. And he will do it. It takes more than just a sermon to walk in the prosperity and the blessings of God. You gotta ask for a heart like Joseph had. The reason why he was blessed by God, listen, was that he had a pure heart. When the smog tried to, to come into his life, he, he ran away from the temptation. He had a pure heart before God. He was a good steward. Everything that he worked, he was a man of integrity. So much so that his bosses would put them in charge. They saw the character of his heart. That's why he was blessed. He's a man of integrity. He's also a man of humility. Go on further in the story when he's forgotten by the cupbearer, when the cupbearer has a dream, and he says God gives dreams, God interprets the dreams, he interpreted the dreams, but what did the, the cupbearer, I think it was him, what did he do? He forgot him. Two years, Pharaoh has a dream. He says, oh yeah, there's a guy in prison, he knows how to do dreams. They call for Joseph. Joseph gives this answer. He could have, you know, got proud and thought, yeah, I'm, I'm really something. He said, no, I don't. God is the one who does this. Well, I'll tell you what it means, but I'm only a vehicle. That's why he was blessed. 
Guys, are you in a blessable position? If you are, he said you'll experience the fog of God, God's favor. Are you in a blessable place today? If not, you can position yourself. We hear a lot about pivoting, right? Pivot. You got to pivot your position. Well, you can pivot your position right here today. You can say, I want to be blessed by God. I'm going to learn about the character of Joseph's heart. The second key to prospering, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. I remembered a book I read 15 years ago. It was a craze 15 years ago. You, you guys probably read this book. Do you remember it? Prayers of the Saints. Remember this book? The Prayer of Jabez. I just, I went to that prayer again. It's like there for a while, I was like, Jabez, Jabez, the prayer of Jabez. And sometimes, you know what happens? Like, okay, been there, done that. Hold on. If, if it's truth, you're always going to latch on to the truth and live the truth. Be reminded of it again. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to God, the God of Israel. I mean, this is later on in his life. Oh, that you would what? Can you say that? Bless me. Large my territory for your glory. Give me more influence. Not, not for myself. I mean, we're all going to have to stand before the, the Lord God and give an account for what he gave to us, the abilities that he gave to us, the gifts that he gave to us. And he, you've got to give an account. It, it's just me and God. When, when, it, it's, when it's your time, it's just you and God. Let your hand be with me. He called me pain. That's what my mom called me. Let me talk about a future. Why did you name me that? Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I, I had a story, personal story. I close with this. You know Pastor Amenti and our partnership. Just a wonderful man. He was here two years ago and he preached a sermon. And after he preached the sermon, I was sitting right there. And the Holy Spirit gave him a word. And we believe that, that God does that. And you may have remembered this word. Probably not. And I didn't really want to remember it. But he looked at me and he said, your pastor is going to go through a, a very difficult season. And I wanted to say, who invited this guy? <laughs> it's like, come on, you're my friend. I just want you to know that so that you can prepare your heart. 
And I did. I'm not going to get into the details, but I, I, went, I went there. I went to a pit, not by my own choosing. I don't believe it was by my own choices. There's the discipline of the Lord that just comes by way of pruning. And he just, he just says, you're going to go through this time. It did feel like a prison. Blessing, prosperity. Are you kidding me? I think God was just trying, or was refining my character and prospering my heart. Sometimes the only thing that can prosper your heart is a prison. And he came back the next year, last November. (laughs) It's like, oh boy. Come on, man, give me some hope. He's a black preacher, you know, and I mean, you talk about the anointing. I mean, when that guy comes back, make sure you're here. Because he's got it, that fog deal. I mean, I'm going, wow, he's got that fog. He's, I don't know if that's a fog machine he's, he's bringing with him, but he's got something there. I had the date written in the margin of my Bible. November 29th, 2015. And then he prophesied. He gave me a word. I'm in prison. Jeremiah 2, 2. He was preaching to all of us, but he was looking right at me. And it was like the Lord was speaking this over me. He said, I remember the devotion of your youth, Paul. I mean, that's what I was hearing. God captured my heart as a teenager. Just, just touched my heart. I was just forever his, you know. It's just like, wow, God, you are so real. How was a bride, you loved me. And he said, and you followed me through what? Can you see that? The wilderness. <laughs> through a land not sown and led us through the barren wilderness. And I just started underlining and boxing the word through. Through a land of deserts and ravines, a land of drought and utter darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives. Who would ever want to go there? Sometimes you don't have a choice. And then he said, brother, look at this verse, brother. I I had lunch with Amenti this week. We talked about this. He said, I know, man, that was for you. 
I brought you into a fertile land. I don't know the timing of all, all of that, but that's the promise to eat its fruit and rich produce. The key word is what? Through. And that gives us hope. Joseph, Jabez, Paul, Bob, Sue, Charles, Amy, John, David, Chris, Jeremy. It's through. He, his favor, if, if you've got a heart like Joseph, his favor is, is with you wherever you are. And you know what? He's going to push you through to the other side. You've got to believe that. And so I want to close with a song about a blessing. Come ask you to stand with me, all right? Pastor Nathan, he's, gonna, he's just going to begin to sing this song. And let's just let the Spirit do what he does best, Lord. Pour out your favor in this place. Touch the hearts of your people. Bless us, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name, bless us. Oh, Lord, bless me and keep me cause your face to shine on me Lord be gracious the light of your countenance give me peace oh Lord bless me and keep me Cause your face to shine on me. Lord, be gracious in the light of your countenance. Give me peace. For I live only to see your face shine on me for I live only to see your face to shine on me Lord bless me and keep me cause your face to shine on me Lord be gracious in the light of your countenance give me peace for I live only to see your face shine on me for I live only to see your face shine on me let your light of your face shine down on my heart and let me feel it let the light of your face shine down on my heart and let me feel it 
Lord, bless me and keep me. Cause your face to shine on me. Lord, be gracious. Lift the light of your countenance. Give me Yes, Lord. In the Old Testament, the priests were often used by God to bless God's people. And so today, as a, as a pastor, as a shepherd, I want to speak a blessing over you as you are dismissed. And a good place to, to be is just in a, in a place of receiving. So if you can just open up your hands, if you're okay with doing that, and just find a posture of receiving. And so I speak this blessing over you today. Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name as you bless them. They will put my name on the Israelites and God, I will bless them. Pour it out, Lord, for your glory. Always and only for your glory. And all of the people said, Amen. Amen.